Hello and welcome to another episode of Quartz Talks where I talk about anything and everything of interest to me, whether that be political, economic, social, technological, legal, environmental, ethical, cultural, you name it, I'll speak about it. Today's topic is just extremely personal, um, uh, not extremely, am I exaggerating? Um, as you can hear, I have sniffles i believe i have some kind of flu something i don't i'm just trying to recover from that and i've been dealing with a fever so my temperature is super high and i'm coughing and yeah it's not pleasant but um i've still managed to get what i need to get done i think it really peaked on like tuesday it's now thursday right tomorrow's friday after this week, I'm a little less busy, so I'm really happy. Just got a deadline tomorrow, then I'm done for a while. Obviously, deadlines will come back again, but just for the moment, I'm okay. And um, I had an interesting experience at the salon today because, um, for anyone who doesn't know, I do have natural hair now. If you knew me a couple of years ago, you'll know that I didn't have natural hair when I was growing up, um, I believe I got my hair relaxed when I was like eight, something like that. And, you know, it's funny because when you get older and then you learn about like the health consequences of relaxed hair, you kind of resent the person who made you get your hair relaxed. But then today I realised um, that resentment is gone because my hair is not the easiest thing to manage and I'm just going to be honest I know people say we need to definitely um be kinder to the to ourselves with the language we use regarding natural hair but I am going to be brutally honest about how much harder it is to manage relaxed hair sorry how much harder it is to manage natural hair than it is relaxed hair um but I've got a few ideas to basically overcome that so as I was saying I went to the hairdresser today I even booked it but it's the first time that my hairdresser has kind of flopped me because like there were bare people in the shops I had to wait but she didn't do the hair in the end someone else did it and um I had washed it earlier this morning and put some leave-in conditioner and water so it was moist when I'd got there because I had to wait so long it was drying and the more dry it gets the harder it is to blow dry right so when the hairdresser was blow drying my hair it was very painful and very knotty because although I had detangled most of it with a wide tooth comb like I said it had dried and when my hair dries it like immediately coils and dreads essentially so I was really struggling with the pain. I've always had a sensitive scalp, so I was trying to keep it in. And um, I just thought to myself, how am I going to do this on my own, please? Why can't I learn to cave my own hair? Like, there's so many things I feel like I'm not just so far saving money, so I'm just being convenient. If I could cave my own hair, if I could thread my own eyebrows, if I could do my own things and stop delegating it out to somebody else, I'd be a lot better off I even took a cab to the salon which I never do because the the salon is not even 20 minutes away by walking but 
like I said, I was feeling really unwell today. I just didn't have the energy to walk, so I just jumped in a cab. And then um, as I was getting my hair done, I just thought to myself, we should no longer resent our families for doing what they had to do to get us to survive, you know. The time and energy we have spent on my hair, I guess I could have just done K-Rose a lot as a child, but I don't know why we've been lying to ourselves that this stuff isn't time-consuming. It's time-consuming, man. It's just you and your adult, you're working. And I like my things to look good in the sense that if I have skin, I want my skin to look good. If I have hair, I want my hair to look good. Because for a long while, I was bold. So even then, my trims were, they were simple, but I wanted it to look good. As I've gotten older, I think I've become more self-conscious of my image. And so I do want to put energy in. But because the way my hair is, it's so thick so full and so coiled like the coiling is insane like my hair just was saying that your hair is too thick it's too full and then the other lady was saying it like literally is so you don't realize it and I was like I do realize it it's on my head I just <laughs> I just I don't want to be the one to manage it because like I said time time is of the essence and my old hair just we literally did my hair from the age of like eight to like maybe 15 or something she would say it all the time as well, like, your hair is too much, too, too much, like, not even um, a lot, she would say the words too much, like, that superlative told me that, like, I'm dealing with a lot, so I just need to realise that, although I am not high maintenance as a person, my hair is high maintenance, so I need to give it the respect it deserves, and actually take time on it, I guess it will force me to slow down, because sometimes life gets so much in a rush, but then, it's funny, because how can you neglect the hair on your head, is it not a part of you, like, if your skin was going bad, but then again, I think the lives that we live are such a rush, we forget these things, I was watching a documentary about people leaving their children in their cars, and the cars overheating and the children, not even just children, I'm talking about like babies dying. I thought to myself, who forgets the babies in their car? But then I'm always like, I forget what I was even thinking when I enter a room. Like, how 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 could I be hard on these people when I've, when I've forgotten things too? It's just our lives are so fast. We don't take time to sit. And um, as I've read and learned more about death, in terms of like death happening, my family, so my grandmother dying, and now my auntie dying today, is telling me that mortality is inevitable. Like you need to reckon with it, you need to deal with it, and time is the most important currency. Money don't even mean anything if you don't have time. Money can sometimes buy you time, and I felt that when I jumped in my cab, and I was like, okay, I can get there in five minutes, I'm supposed to get there in 15 to 20 minutes. But not everyone has lots of money like that. And even all the money in the world can't get you from one country to another faster. You know, there is no express airplane. It either takes nine hours or it doesn't take nine hours. You know what I mean? It's just funny what we can buy, what we can't. So the convenience you can get, of course, get it. It's so crazy because as I was looking through my Uber history, the last time I used Uber was 2018. I literally don't use these convenient forms of transport. Sorry, I felt like I was going to sneeze. I don't, I don't, I don't give myself the opportunity to have convenience but as I've got older I'm like no I need to be convenient when I'm not feeling well 
just drive, just grab a cab. I'm not gonna take the long way around. It's like, why should I? Um, and health is wealth. And as I've seen, as people get older, how easy it is for the body to decline. I wonder what I'm doing to keep my health up. So I'm thinking to myself, I need to buy more vitamin supplements. I need to be out more in the sun. Yesterday, I think, was it yesterday? I was sitting on a bench at these wetlands that are local to my house. I was just watching these swans and they were like dipping their heads in the water and like kicking their legs up. Very much in the same way that you see kids do when they're first learning to swim. And I just wondered what they were doing. And they just looked so peaceful. And I just thought to myself, why wasn't I a duck? I always wanted to be a turtle. Why wasn't I a duck? But also, why don't I do this more often? Why don't I just have these moments of monotony whereby I sit outside on a bench and look and try not to think about stuff? I was on the phone to my friend at the time, and I was actually quite enraged about something, so I was venting. But just to be outside in the heat, watching these animals live their lives, was the most soothing experience. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to just do this more often. As opposed to just sitting in your bedroom, feeling away. Why not just go outside, go to the park? I've started doing that more often though. Like when I feel the the melancholy set in, I, I force myself to get up and do something or I will put, give myself a task to complete. So although I'm not feeling the best, I do plan to see my friend tomorrow and stuff. So I'm trying to be not even just productive, but just use my days wisely. Because I know it's going to come a time where I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? I wasn't even supposed to get my hair done today. But because I wasn't feeling well, um, because of my body and my cold, I thought to myself, give yourself a treat in it. And now my hair is down, I thought that's one less thing to do. And then I tried on the new wig I just bought, and it's it's nice. Like, it, it makes you look interesting. I like the look. You look different, but interesting. And I'm now booking art exhibitions again now that the world has opened up so I can visit the things I like and enjoy, hopefully go to some more theatres and galleries, hopefully make some YouTube videos. And I'm making these recordings just to keep myself accountable because I know the future when I'm bored or I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'll be like, what was I thinking on the 10th of June, 2021? It'll be nice to just be able to look back and see exactly what I was thinking because I have a podcast. With a recording of what I did that day. And um, I think it was today. Was it today that I ate the remainder of my McDonald's from yesterday? I think so. And uh, I thought to myself, even these little things are valid. They're all important, you know. And um, now that my friend is using YouTube more, like releasing videos, I'm more inspired to do it too. Because the first video I put up was like January. Please, have I put up another video since then? Nope. Nope, neglecting it. As I eat my chicken noodle noodles here, I think to myself, why am I neglecting this? I need to go back to it. So it's all on my bucket list. You've got to make your times useful. You've got to spend it well. Just because you're going to look back on the life and be like, what did I do? You kind of almost never regret going out. Unless something really bad happens. But you almost always regret staying in. You know, FOMO is real. And um, I just want to take more chances and have more fun. So, yeah, I feel like my throat is getting better now. It's at my sinuses. Like, it's just the, the breathing and stuff. I'm just blowing my nose a lot. So, I should probably buy some more, buy some more tissues. 
But yeah, I, I genuinely feel good. I genuinely feel better um, about life in general, despite the fact that there's a lot of sadness going on around me. I'm feeling optimistic because I know there's a lot more to achieve. So it's a very much an uphill climb, you know. And I've really curtailed a few of my um, bad habits and they're getting better. I'm not perfect, but I'm still like trying every day moving forward. And um, I'm realizing again, as I always say, this life is your own. So you just gotta keep pushing. And um, I'm finding better coping mechanisms for the way I feel. Uh, I keep lapsing. I'll be on my Instagram, which I use a lot less now, but mostly I'll use my close friend story and I'll be posting to that. I'll be like, oh my God, this would be better off in my podcast. Like, oh my gosh, let me tell you guys. I read an an essay yesterday on the Paris Review about shingles. Uh, This woman had contracted shingles. Let me, it was called the chronology of a body. I even remember the name. That's why I love it. It was the chronology of a body. And by the way, I love like every article, essay I see on um I see on the Paris Review, there's something special about the essays they they publish, the lexicon, the language, the people they choose. Oh, heaven sent. And this woman, let me name her for you. Her name is Kate Zembreno. She was talking about her experience with shingles. And the way she used her language, I just adored it. And, um... I think at the time she was, I mean, the essay is about her actually writing a book about somebody else called Herb Gilbert. But I was so drawn to her own story. There was a phrase that she made that I was just like, oh my God, like, how do people write like this? How do people think like this? And then this was the line. Now I set myself a deadline amid the deadline of my body. One month before I find out my news, whether or not I will choose to terminate this pregnancy, whether this pregnancy will decide to end itself whether it will continue. I just thought, wow, she's animated pregnancy. She's given pregnancy a responsibility. I love when people animate things that you wouldn't normally animate. I can't remember what the phrase is for that. When you give something that doesn't really have any animated features, a voice and a life, I find that the most poignant use of language. Like that's the best narrative technique you can use. Like someone saying the paint whispered, I'm like, ooh, the light, the light uh, cried. Or or it's always something weird that you wouldn't expect to have a line with that phrase that I really enjoy. You know, the thunder taunted is expected, but maybe something different like, The thunder cried. And you'd be like, wow, so thunder has an emotion, you know? And then you think of sound and was it Ocean Vuong who spoke about these metaphors? And I saved it on my vlog because I thought he had a really good um explanation for the use of a metaphor. But he was saying about how your men your metaphor must lend meaning to the previous phrase or previous term. There's no point saying like the paint whispered, unless you've got a point, you know, about it. Like, well, how does that add to the scene? Is it a horror? Is it a drama? Is it a romance? Like, what? 
what is going on, you know? And um, I guess that's the whole intentionality, concise part that a lot of people forget when they're writing literature. But it's something I keep reminding myself on. So I know for editing my personal novel, it's taking all of that energy from I've learned that I've learned from so many sources in how to make a a piece of writing have brevity. Sometimes we like our similes and our jargon, but just to be able to use a term or language, a paragraph or a page or a long piece of writing and demonstrate a meaning in it without having to be so superfluous is very much my goal. So going back to the topic so kate spoke about the symptoms she was dealing with as in relation to shingles and um, a lot of the symptoms i can relate to even when she had the shingles where they were on her body i also had it on the same place it's like near the bra strap area on your back i think it might be a common place that it comes but she was obviously breastfeeding at the time because she had a baby and um, she spoke about how it was so hard and the, the 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 language she used was like not not hiding from these these symptoms of pregnancy that so many people hide from. She spoke about a staph infection and a scaly, blistered, itchy, excruciating pain. She spoke about hemorrhoids, about her about the area from her anus to her rectum like tearing, and I was just like, yes, tell us about this, like. Why do we hide this stuff all the time when we're writing stories and and trying to omit the nasties? Because these are not nasty, these are just parts of life. But I think so many women are shocked when they hear about people's marriages or people's pregnancies because everything has been shrouded in secrecy. And now the band-aid is coming off. People are like, oh, I don't want to do that. And it's like, oh, why do you want to do it? It's like, people don't want to be in pain. Of course, it's not all pain. But the idea that it was all pleasure was very much a lie. You know, pain and pleasure always coexist in pretty much everything. I think to myself, the first time I learned to associate pain with pleasure was probably when I got a relaxer. And I was sitting there, black black kid, white mask on my head, burning my coils to get them straight and have this delightful end image. And I think we associate that with pretty much everything. The gym. Um, I keep feeling the urge to see, sorry. Um, The gym for body goals, uh, learning for good grades, uh, career for money, uh, relationships for long-term partnership like people will say if it, if it comes to you easy then it's like it's not even fun like you only want something that's coming to you difficult I just find that interesting how we've created that correlation from very early and um I wonder where the pleasure pain principle takes us because I don't think it takes us anywhere but it is a part of our lives and, um yeah what else do I have to say? Not much. Um, I'm not really going to dwell when I do these podcasts anymore because, like I said, time is important. I say what I have to say. The, the next day I have more things to say. I'll say them. So, like I said, this is a bit of a detraction from my usual topics. 
but um, I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. I will save it and probably post it tomorrow itself today just because I think I need to take a nap but thank you for listening I hope you take care and I look forward to you listening to me on my next episode cheers <laughs>